Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 331. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about the news, we talk about culture, and where we're like, fuck yeah, we took the Senate. I'm your host, Nikki Farsad, and I've been talking about optimism for a few years now, and I've been right, okay? And I'm not trying to go too hard on how right I've been, but I've been so right. In today's episode, we'll talk about the state of post-midterm politics. We'll also talk about people who are angry on Broadway. And we'll talk about how um, there's an astrology dating show and the American obsession with lawns. Today, oh, today's panel is so exciting. Uh, You've heard him on the show before. He's an excellent podcaster in his own right. He's a comedian. He's an actor. In fact, you can see him on the upcoming season of How I Met Your Father, a show that I am currently watching the first season of. So I feel even more connected to this panelist. It is the one and only Jaquise Neal. Hey. Oh, hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Good to see you. So good to see you. So I'm I'm watching Jakees digitally on a screen, but physically in front of my face is a comedian who, whenever I, I, I get to be on a lineup with him, I am personally in for a treat because he does such a fucking fantastic job um, at being a comedian. He just always has. He's so good. He's also the co-host of the Man School 202 podcast. It is my friend Harry Tarjanian. Hey, Harry. Yay. 
Nagin, thank you for having me. And it, it's a pleasure to see you in person as well. Did I mess things up by coming in person? No. Did I, did I shake it up? Uh, it up? No, Dang. New York comics love to come into the studio. That's the thing. Yeah. That's, yeah. We, are all, we all like to do a studio appearance, you uh -huh, know? Cool. If, I if, I was, if I was rich enough, I would have come to the studio. Flown but that would have required me flying yeah. into New York. If you wanted to uh, oh. to take a shit in Mother Nature's mouth <laughs> yeah, yes. and but waste a bunch of jet yeah. fuel and come yeah. here for this one thing, then yeah. uh, I mean it's yeah. totally worth it. Uh, going <laughs> yeah. through the subway system in New York City and fighting Absolutely. off uh, evidence of uh, I guess mental illness and rats. Well, it's fine. It's great. It's a good time. No, I'm glad to I'm glad to see you and I'm flavor I'm, of life. I'm happy that your uh, your optimism has worked. Although you sound like a person who, when you said it, like I've been right, like uh, you're like, oh, I was just saying that. Now I'm right. I've proven right. Well, Yay! I mean, I don't actually. You know, it's weird because I don't want to be a dick. Uh, I, I but I really have like been trying to be calm. I even wrote a. a um, my last column for the Progressive Magazine, my column Hemming and Hawing, that some of you read, uh, I wrote about like the th the titles, like the thing that rhymes with um, schmazativity or whatever, because mm -hmm. it was uh, because I was I was like I don't know the Kansas thing that's a signal, and I don't know we won all these special elections like yeah. that says something like it's okay to feel okay, and I feel like as Democrats we're just like oddly hardwired. To just not be, just be like, no, life is shit end to end always. Never feel good. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what? Before we fucking get into it, let's hold all of your thoughts and, because I'm we're just going to actually formally introduce uh, the first topic. Before we do, just want to remind listeners to go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farzad because you get extra segments of the show for as little as $4 Ooh. a month. It's super fun. So patreon.com slash Nagin Farzad. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who's joined the Patreon. And I just enjoyed having you. And I hope you've enjoyed the segments and the essays and the uh, T-shirts and the mugs and all the stuff that, that comes with it. Let's get into it with topic number one. People getting angry over stuff. Let's first start with anger on Broadway. So a sign language interpreter for the Lion King show was asked to leave the show after the group that coordinates the interpreters decided that it was, quote, no longer appropriate to have a white interpreter represent black characters for ASL Broadway shows. Uh, one of the interpreters in question sees that as discrimination, adding, it doesn't matter if I'm white or black. Uh, this is blatant. And I, I would just hope that other people who have also experienced this would step forward. So, okay. So my question is, do you agree with him? Was this asking him to leave justified or not? I have a very interesting perspective on this because in case you didn't know, I'm a black and uh, <laughs> I also uh, I had never done, noticed, by the way. I, never just, noticed You know, listen, you. I, I always have my camera off. Uh, I'm famously, you know, shun pictures. People can't tell. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I also uh, am a professional actor. I've done professional theater. And I also grew up in an ASL household. Uh, so Wait, did I you really? Yes, I did. Oh, my God. Um, I did not know this about you. Wow. So so I have a very unique perspective on this. Yes. Let's, this um, is this. You are the right person for this issue. Yeah. So here, here's here's the thing. Uh, first of all, I you know, like, whenever there is a call for uh, marginalized, minority, oppressed groups to be more recognized within a profession, if you are a 
uh, person not within that group, uh, you will automatically lose sympathy when you say I'm being discriminated against. So let's just start there. <laughs> like for me, <laughs> yeah, at least. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. let's start there. But here, here's, here's what I think. I think like any other group, including uh, interpreters for the hard of, uh, hard of hearing and deaf community, you know, if there are groups that feel like, hey, I am not uniquely represented in this uh, and, you know, these certain groups need representation that looks like them to represent them. I have no problem with that at all. So including this and there's really no flip side to this. But here's what I will say. It is a very interesting topic because the ASL uh, and the hard of hearing and deaf community are already underrepresented. <laughs> like, right, right. So right. so it it is a very it's a touchy subject because it's like, all right, if you have, you know, black interpreters to go with black characters, fantastic. I do, however, think that the one thing we should be working on is having more interpreters for in the general. heart of, in general, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like if you had the capacity to kill two birds with one stone, fantastic. But let's kill the first bird first, and then let's go to the <laughs> second bird. You know, and and, and, let's and just I'm not, like start murdering birds is the point that we really want to drive let's home. Start murdering the birds, you know, especially on Broadway, you know. And so, like, there is, you know, growing up in the household and having, uh, you know, two family members who are hard of hearing and deaf, and them just saying, hey, there is not enough representation in general, right? Yeah. I would think that that would be the main concern first because the hard of hearing community is a very underrepresented community. Uh, However, if they have the capacity to, you know, also make black people feel like or any marginalized group feel like hey you know what it is dope that i'm seeing somebody who represents me represent that character uh, i can never disagree with that uh so you know it's it's a very interesting topic and i don't think he was discriminated against he lost sympathy with me there but i do think what he should be fighting for or whoever this interpreter should be fighting for is Hey, look, I get it, but also, you know, let's make sure that we have more representation within this community uh, overall versus. Yeah, you know, that sounds this. utterly reasonable. Harry, where are you at? Yeah, so I'm. Um... As a person of color, technically, I'm Latino as well. So I like announcing that because it affects how people take those opinions <laughs> going forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it, it matters. Um, it's one of those things where it's the it's correct, but it doesn't feel right in the sense of like we haven't we haven't finished solving the major problems for people with uh, I don't know if it's technically labeled a disability or what you'd call the proper term. It it, it it's a thing that uh, the people on the left tend to kind of do, and those are my people as well, mm-hmm. is we want to fix everything, and sometimes we focus even on the nuance, like the really like uh, specific aspects of things, right. and it feels rough at times. You're like, did we fix all the problems before we got to this? Right, you know? like we don't so big not... picture it enough. No. Like we not, get yeah. super granular too quickly. As you mentioned, like, yeah, let's work on getting just more... Uh, more interpreters in general for everything before we then focus on let's break down the like racial divide. Like yeah, this yeah. one guy. 
So it's technically right, but it feels like, eh, it feels like somebody got hurt here for a right cause. I don't know. It's that gray area of it's doing the right t- thing. I completely agree. No, so I did a little background reporting. By the way, I'm a comedian. I'm not remotely a journalist, so I use that term very casually. <laughs> you Googled a lot of I, stuff. I Googled so many things. No, but I went beyond Google and I called a friend, which is um, to say that I have a very, very good friend who is an ASL interpreter. Okay. And she, ha- in New York City, so she is very familiar with this controversy. She's very familiar with all the people involved. And her position was, look, like... It's really common for um, these agencies that that place interpreters to try and put interpreters that are familiar with a particular community in that community. They do it because it makes them easy, makes their job easier. Like they understand what's going on. They're, it's better. They can interpret better um, than someone who doesn't know what's going on in that community. So her position was it's a, it's a standard practice where they can uh, match the interpreter with the with the kind of community they do they do that already right so yeah. this so the fact that she she her position was like you know for someone to get upset is kind of odd because it's already like such a strong practice of yeah. the uh, you know of in of the terping community which is by the way how she phrased that's how it it's called? yeah terping? isn't that fun terping. just that's like their little slang of just like when you, you they terp oh, this they terp that yeah yeah i thought it was terping cute. does sound like a term you'd find on pornhub though or in all fairness. yes or turpentine like turpentine. a slang that's what I was thinking. for are, like yes that shows you where my head is at and where your head is at <laughs> i know <laughs> i mean listen the porn porn is better i'm not gonna lie I don't know who needs more help, you or me. In all honesty, um, if you I'm going to say, I'm going to just say controversially, you both need help. You Can know what? Fair just, is fair. Okay. That's fair. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, but no, but I, but I thought that was really interesting. And but I'm, I'm with kind of both of you guys. Yeah. Of just okay, this is where my other like wildly reasonable thing that I would say is extending empathy to this guy. He did lose a gig. And sure. that is frustrating. He lost a gig. It wasn't his fault, right? Yeah. That he that they that they booked him on this thing, and that they that decided to then ask him to leave, right? Like, yeah. it's, none of that is his fault. And so, I think if you're a producer or you're whatever in that situation, you would say, "Listen, it turns out like we fucked up. We shouldn't mm-hmm. have booked you. So mm-hmm. super our bad." We're going to help place you, make sure this gets rectified and that you don't lose money. That's, like, not fair to you. Like, I think there's just, like, a really nice person way of dealing with this that doesn't result in a stupid, like, press scandal. You know what I mean? And I think that, like, maybe – and I don't – look, obviously, maybe they were super nice and we're not getting that reporting or who knows? You know, we read a piece. It was in the post. Like, who knows what else went on? But I I will say that I can understand being really pissed. Like, hey, I had a gig. There's no fault of my own. I now have to leave. So I understand that. Um, I also – like, the other lens I like to put on these things is that, like, I'm – you know, (laughs) okay, so we all did our – put our identities on. (laughs) the table and uh, listeners already know I'm an Iranian American Muslim and I always think of like we're such a ridiculously small underrepresented ethnic minority yeah if they wanted to match an Iranian with an Iranian, it would be nearly impossible and so I think you know it's like I just am like yeah like I get it like is are you sending in a Filipino to interpret for a thing that involves Iranians 
I get yeah. it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, of course, I would I like rather that that's the have that. Closest they could come. They're like, that's the best we could do. Well, yeah, that's the best you, we could do. you always go Filipino. If you can't get Middle Eastern, you just always that Philippines is the first one you go to. Um, in my yeah. mind, it's interesting though because I'm like, you know, yeah, from a from an entertainer perspective, from a job perspective, yeah, I would be pissed too if I lost my job. Uh, Fuck you know, yeah. I, I just think you know some some people get, have to realize that. A call for diversity is not equal to discrimination against white people. I think that is like one thing that like you you can't start from that uh, perspective. The perspective you can start from is, hey, look, I get it. I get it. However, uh, like you said, not all interpreters are the same. And one also I know people who interpret and have had to interpret for plays, and they say that shit is hard. So just to be like, hey, you're working today? No, you're not, because we got black people on stage. Let's get a black. And then somebody got to step in and be like, uh, I got to interpret the Lion King today? Like, that's, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily, it, it, it's not a black and white situation. There's a right. lot of gray. Also, in the there. other thing is where my mind goes in. Uh, at some point, now we'll we'll fix this. We'll rectify yeah, this. Yeah. But there will be the reverse where someone goes, uh, a black person will go. Why do I only have to interpret black plays? Why can't I do? Uh, you know, right? Why isn't what? he doing like death of a salesman? Yeah. Why, right. Yeah. Why is it only? Well, I'm, I'm you know, assuming. So it that and too. that's the other right. Yeah, but I'm assuming those are open ethnicity. Right. I mean, I'm, I, I don't. Guess. Again, I don't know. But like, that would be a good but question. When for Lin my Manuel Miran, uh, Miranda take, leaves Hamilton, right, and then somebody else replaces him, do you replace him with the exact race? Of, right. Or, oh my God, like, it's endless. It's endless. But it's not wrong. Yeah. 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 Not wrong, and yeah. yet it feels like, oh man, it's hard. It's hard. It's uh, yeah. Which is what being on the left is. It's not wrong, but it's hard. Oh, God, Be- yeah. uh, you know what? It's what being an, uh, a fucking thoughtful person yeah. is. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Um, but it can also be so fucking great. Again, True. don't want to yeah. shit on thoughtful people uh, or yeah. make them feel that their life is hard. <laughs> Your life isn't hard. Your life is great. Okay, yeah. let you know what um, we are going to move on. And take a quick break to learn about our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll talk about other things. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you 
with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the apps features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. back and we're ready for topic number two so as we walk into the studio today on a wednesday afternoon we are walking in on the heels of a tuesday night announcement that trump is running for president again i hate to even fucking mention it like it feels dumb to mention does it feel dumb to mention it it's important it's uh, is it um it It shouldn't be (laughs) jickies tell me about that feeling is it important like yet or now or what i mean you know like we've been knowing he was going to make this announcement for weeks now. So it's not a surprise, uh, which, you know, a presidential candidacy doesn't necessarily have to be a surprise. But when a presidential candidacy is spawned from uh, a criminal who is one, just trying to stay out of jail and doing it just so he doesn't get, you know, indictments and a shield for himself. I think we have to, start uh, recognizing that these type of things should not be important to the zeitgeist <laughs> because the more importance we give things like this, uh, and I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about it. Obviously, we're going to talk about it. It's the way media is set up. It's the way our world is set up. Uh, but I, maybe importance is the wrong word, but the reward of importance needs to be defined uh, for something uh, like this, because you know, I I I got fired from the container store because I was late three times, and they would never hire me back. But you know, <laughs> this man shouldn't this man shouldn't get to run for president again, <laughs> like, with all the shit that he's Wow, done, he wouldn't pass know. muster at the container store, Donald Trump. In all, in all fairness, I heard that when you got fired from the container store, you took a lot of important documents that you tried. To <laughs> I did. To I the did. Russian <laughs> counterparts. I did. You know, and a lot of space. And that's on me. A lot of space. And that's on me. I stole. A, I stole a lot of their alpha. Uh, their alpha. Uh, you know, design. So Closet uh, organizers. Yeah, organizers. Yeah. Um, l- love that you dropped the name brand of a container uh, <laughs> thing. Um, Harry, where? Do, okay, you said it's important. How are you feeling? I mean, it's you have to talk about it because it could be the uh, this could be the day that leads to the end of the world, right? That's a possibility, and a very the opposite of uh, uh, being positive, but. <laughs> 
it's insanity and it can affect us. And it has. I mean, it did change a lot of things. Trump being president the first time ended up changing a lot of what's going on in this country, the tone of this country and a, and a lot of laws. And so, yeah, it's annoying that. It, but you're right. The, the notion that this it's in, when you think about it, the insanity that this guy who's been uh, impeached on two separate occasions and is in the middle of an investigation is the, now the front runner to become the <laughs> well, president. Well, he's the again. only runner so far. I wouldn't even know if he's a front runner. I mean, I think. I, guess. I think, I think there's be. like, look. I think he's a front runner to be the Republican nominee, possibly. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, so many things could change. I mean, it's. Com- sure, yeah, I, sure. I think that the, the whole thing feels. I mean, I remember in 2016 feeling like Jeb Bush was an inevitability, like in the beginning, and I was so wrong, That's right? True. But here's the thing people are not like, I think. I think being a fan of Donald Trump doesn't make sense to me personally, but like I get being a fan of something. Okay. And, but I think also like the same way that you're a fan of a sports team, you sort of recognize when they lose, like you're not nuts that you don't see that they lose. Trump lost, you know, the popular vote in 2016. He lost and, you know, he lost the house and Senate in 2018, 2020. Um, He lost presidency. Like the guy is actually an accomplished loser yeah so mm-hmm. it, it's like fourth times the charm like does anyone say that i mean that politically you know and and fox news started you know not started floating the idea of like this isn't a good guy to pin our hopes and dreams on i do see some people in the republican party being like actually this might like not work out for this guy for us like this is maybe the losing tactic true but when push comes to shove you know when the people do pick him because the people People don't. I guess they don't understand the what's going on. Most Americans don't understand how the system They're works. Not looking yeah. at it as closely yeah. as we think they, just they are. Think it's a guy like this guy is, you know, coming in there and kicking ass and taking names, even yeah. though he's not doing. He's never I mean, when they put him on things. the when they they photoshopped his head on Rambo's body and yeah. put that on an American flag, that's what they yeah. think of right. when they think Trump. Right. They don't really I mean, think of foreign policy. No. 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 I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, I think it was like a month or two ago when Jamie Foxx did that impersonation of Donald Trump, which was the best impersonation of Donald Trump I've ever seen. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It is. I guarantee you, you will be like, Jackie's was right. Uh, but at the end of it, he was like, he was making fun of when Donald Trump got COVID. He was like, I beat the virus. I beat the virus. And then all his fans were like, yeah, Trump, he beat the virus. And like, they just started laughing at that because like, he could say anything and his fans will be like, well, you know what? Right. He did beat the virus. It was like, what? What like I don't <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. It's insane. It is sort of like rock band fandom or whatever. Like yeah. it, it doesn't even matter what they're doing on stage. You're just so no. excited. And so and there's the difference here is that the, that person is then supposed to have like really substantive policy positions, right? Like right. Yeah. that's what's crazy. But I and, and I think um uh, this leads us to another aspect of this, which is that, okay, so so Trump, um, Ron DeSantis had a good um, midterm. He's another guy, like he could run. Um, Glenn Youngkin out of Virginia, the governor of Virginia, he could run. That's like a one-term gubernatorial ship. So governorship, that doesn't make sense. What am I saying? Governorship, <laughs> I think is the right word. Governorship um, sounds better, to be honest. Gu- gubernatorial ship um yeah, yeah. and uh and so the, that guy could run um these are all these are all options there could be a to- 
total someone else that we didn't even think of. Like the the Republican Party just be like, um, nothing having to do with Trump. Let's try Liz Cheney. But that the, seems like a real long shot. But, but you they, know, they don't want to in the sense of in reality, they know that he's dangerous, but they still mess with him. So, right. you know, right. I think yeah. all those senators who dealt with him know that he's dangerous, but they still do it to get what they need from their constituents. So that's the weird part is weird part. They know how terrible he is. And yet they still, you know, it, it's it's a it's an abusive relationship in a weird way. <laughs> so it is. It's very it really strange. Is. They know how bad he is. But the, the flip side now is the motherfucker is starting to lose uh, and he's starting to lose for them. So, you know, it, it's starting to get to the point where, you know, the the ticket is split or the. That side of the aisle is split. Uh, on yeah, infighting. Infighting weakens a party. Infighting. Which, look, here's the thing, man. I'm going to be real with you. I hope he gets the nomination. So, mm. you know, the Republicans could get curb stopped again in 2024. <laughs> like, I think, like, that's <laughs> where we're going. I know, like, 2016 happened. It happened. Uh, and I think I'm on a optimism train with you where I'm like, I just can't after what we've seen the past three years and the losses that this person has taken with them at the top of that ticket i can't imagine in 2024 not happening again because all it's going to do is get all the people who would normally be apathetic to voting on the left side and be like yeah well, shit, I'm not excited about Joe Biden again, but we ain't letting this motherfucker get back. This in guy, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, it's just going to reignite a dead base when it comes to excitement, you know, because there yeah, isn't much yeah, excitement. Yeah, totally. I know. On there, our side. there is that because I, it's funny because I can't imagine anyone get like, Dropping their panties for Ron DeSantis or whatever, but I, I guess there I, I I can see like an independent independent voter being like that guy's very competent or whatever. Like let yeah. me vote for him. So I guess that is like the danger, right, Jackie's of like we we don't want to see that much competence yeah. <laughs> on the ticket. We or just want to see who, come, who like put Herschel Walker rational. at the top of the ticket. We'll beat beat yeah, that guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Um, Here's here's my other question. Uh, Kevin McCarthy just won um, like leadership of the House again. I guess he has to like withstand another vote in January or whatever. But um, but for now, he'll be the presumptive House Majority Leader uh, taking over for Nancy Pelosi. The um, and he's going to be sitting um, atop a very divided, but in a very narrow majority. Uh, now, there's rumors that they're going to do impeachment proceedings of not only Biden, but all the cabinet members for various reasons. There's rumors that they want to do investigations for, like, the Justice Department. Um, there's just all t all sorts of talk about what they're going to do. do. What do you think is any guesses on what might happen? I think uh, I think they're going to attempt to do some crazy stuff, but they'll get bored of it real quick. I think a lot of it is for show. Yeah. I think they're kind of if they want to avoid that whole Trump sort of uh, that energy, they like they like playing from underneath. They like being the victim in a weird way, even when they control things, conservatives and Republicans do. So they I, I think there'll be a little bit of it, but I think it'll die down or something else will come up and they'll move on from it. You know I think what? it's a lot of talk. I think that's absolutely right. And the reason I think that's right is, you know, you have to – like one of the things they want to do is do an open an investigation on Hunter Biden, right? Who's but, not in public office. not in public office, right? He's the son of Biden. Yeah. And then they want to like question his, his – um, you know, his connections with foreign governments or whatever, foreign business. And – 
I, I'm just not sure if like Hunter Biden is at all on the radar of the average per, like uh, the average person. I don't know how much that what that story does. Like, I don't think people on know a the marketing story. front. Yeah. Like what does that do for the Republican Party? But so what, the reason I think you're right that this kind of thing it's like people are maybe bored of it. Like at, at the sense the sense is that people are bored of it. Why? Because all of the election. 2022 is stolen. Uh, the Maricopa County voting machine was fucked with or whatever. They tried to make that stuff go viral. It did not go viral. Yeah. They tried to have the kind of anger and people protesting outside of polling places or whatever in 2022. And none of that grabbed hold. It just didn't. Because I think people are like, I'm so tired of that shit. Yeah. And so investigations and impeachment sound a lot like that stuff, like trying to make like stop make it trying to make fetch happen. Right. Like yeah. it's a little <laughs> bit like that. Right. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Jakees? I, I think. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I'm going to almost have the same. I, I 100 percent agree. And I'll go even further and say, I hope they do do it because <laughs> all it's going to do is just continue to bury the Republican Party to the voters that they need, which is the non-extreme right, right? They, they have those. They have 30% of the vote locked up. You know, so does the left have 30% of the vote locked up. And we're all fighting for that middle shit, right? And we've seen over the past couple of years that this theater that they continue to uh, exhibit is By the way, a theater tired. with no ASL interpreters, None. for the record. A theater if they with no ASL. They'd all be white. And it they would all, all be, be white. white. They would all be white and straight. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, people are tired of the theater. So if they go into this talking about, we're going to impeach and do all these investigations, and by the time you get to 2024, and, and motherfuckers are like, well, what did you do? Governing? Go govern? Mean governing is that the way to say it? <laughs> governing wise, I ruined like this word wise. for all of us. <laughs> yes, governing wise, and they don't have anything to show for it. I, you know, again, it, I think what we saw in the midterms was a rejection of of the theater that the right has been exhibiting over the past two, three, four years. Right, uh, we didn't see a rejection of the Republican Party you know, as evident in places like Florida or some of these other places, we saw a rejection of this dumb theater. And it's like, all right, do you want to continue to just be dumb and lose? Go ahead. <laughs> like, go ahead. Impeach yeah. him. Not, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to, he's not going to get impeached. All you're going to do is just be in the news cycle again for doing things that people are tired of. Uh, yes. You know, and so. it's also a question of how much the average person pays attention to any of this anyway, because if you most of the people didn't even watch the impeachment hearings that just or the committee hearings that just happened. If you can't get people on board with an ex-president stealing documents, how are you supposed yeah. to get them to watch a hearing about a, a guy's son who may or may not have done something right, right. illegal while he was on drugs? Something, and then there's a computer. Or, yeah. And it just, it's like, like so things. convoluted. Like right, right, right. It needs a script rewrite. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the Hunter Biden thing fully needs a punch-up, a script rewrite, the act yeah. for... Some cameos. Like, right. some celebrity cameos. <laughs> something to spice it, it up. It is not, it is it not working some. for me. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, you let me know. What do you think? Um, what do you think is going to happen? in the next couple of years with Kevin McCarthy? What do you think is going to, you know, is this is this a theater that you're bored of, that the average voter is bored of? So curious to hear your thoughts. Jakees has one more thing he wants to share. Can I, can I share that I don't think Kevin McCarthy has 
the House leadership thing locked up when it comes to the full vote. And oh, once, okay. the, yeah, once Congress comes back in yeah. January, because yeah. uh, he needs 218, and they're only going to have a majority of like 220 or some shit. So he literally right. needs every Republican he to. He needs everybody. He needs every yes. Republican on that side. And I now don't think be he juicy. gets that, it. That That's, includes, that that includes Marjorie Taylor Greene. Well, she supported him, I think. And so who's the other guy? The heinous uh, Matt Gates. Matt, that Matt Gates. 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 Who is still, every- by the way, let's not forget, he is still in public office despite an investigation Wild. for. Underage activity. I mean, so disgusting. For mm-hmm. I just want to say again, so yeah. disgusting. How? 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 All Don't right, know. Disgusting. Let, folks, America, baby. <laughs> folks, hit me up. Let me know what you think. All right, let us move on to topic number three. Now we will descend in the depths of culture. Although I think with that last conversation, we had already descended. Yeah, we got it to a low place. Um, <laughs> so there's a new dating show um, out of uh, the UK, which by the way, if you've ever watched British TV, they've taken the American creation of reality TV and they really put some stank on it. I, They just have gone beyond. I feel like if you've ever watched British TV, this new show is called Written in the Stars. And basically they take six couples who share a home for a month and each couple has been matched by a team of astrologers based on their birth chart compatibility, right? Like their sun, their moon, their rising moon or whatever. Um, I, I, I can't believe this is the first time we've seen this as a reality show concept, by the way. Like after I read about it, I was like, this should have been, I mean, this sounds like 2005 sounds, should have already yeah. discovered this. 100. Um, but I don't know. What did you, what did you think about this, uh, this show concept? I'm not a big horoscopes guy in in life in oh, general. Oh, that's so surprising, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really would have pegged it. you. <laughs> can't believe it. <laughs> I I do understand. I do see that there is a connection between the moon and and the tides. It's just the notion that you know somehow Hitler wouldn't have killed six million people if, if, he, was... if he wasn't a Sagittarius right. or whatever. <laughs> that one's hard for me to grasp. In it, in fact, yeah. I still don't know what my girlfriend's. Uh, we've been together five years. I do not know what her sign is. Right. I think it's. She now you a- have to like try and take it to the grave. Like at this I, point, at this point, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, don't but, ever know. But what I find interesting with the dating shows, um, the UK and the American ones are bonkers. If you watch them internationally, like I watched uh, uh, Love Is Blind, but in Japan, what was the Love Is Blind premise? The Love Is Blind is everybody's does dates behind like these walls. Oh yeah, so yeah, you never, yeah, see, you the never see the person until you decide you love right. them enough to get engaged and married. Like even when right. you get engaged, you do it behind that little wall that they do. The Japanese version is like a real social experiment. Like, you know, I thought we, that by connecting, you know, I realized that once we got together that these other problems that, that led up. The American version is uh, he's not as hot as I thought he was going to be. So I tried to hook up with this other guy in the next pod. Like it's just <laughs> we we set it up so that it, it just it's less of a, I guess, uh, an experiment, like a social Wait, experiment. Wait, so in the and- Japanese one. It's very passive and very like focused on the relationships right, or whatever. Right, It's less cast. The American ones you can always tell are cast like, yeah, I'm a fitness model. I've been engaged seven times. It didn't work, and I have a drinking problem. And, you know, and <laughs> that's what they you, want for the. It's cast for drama, for chaos, and yeah. and probably everyone's hot. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not to be like, were there like some some ugly uh, ugly ones in the? No, in that any, generally yeah. everybody's pretty pretty hot. That's the whole aspect of it. Yeah. So it's fascinating how they do it internationally. The horoscope thing, I think if you vibe into that, I think at the end it ends up becoming just, do I like the person based on their character or whatever? But the U.S. and British ones, they set it up for chaos. 
They really do. And I I was in Paris over the summer and oh I, I just I had Ooh, access to just like too. that that pure BBC um, oh, you did. hotel channel. And um and uh I watched TV for like an hour waiting for something and um and I and I watched it was on an island. I don't remember which one of these things it was, mm. but it was just abs. Spray tanned abs. Yeah. And I was, for some reason, I was expecting some sort of like Shakespearean presentation because oh, the, it was on English. the BBC. Yeah, yeah. Because it was, you know what I mean? That would be more sophisticated. Yeah. And I just like, I just want to say, just like we're all this, we're all the same trash garbage people globally. Like everyone mm. is. Yeah. Har- you get down to Every it. country essentially has their own version of spray tan abs, whatever that version is. And it was, a, and I don't actually remember anything content wise other than spray tan abs. So, um, so yeah. And I think, I actually think the astrology aspect is act more sophisticated than yeah. whatever fuckboy island is, you know, oddly, yeah. because there's some data involved. I don't know. Jaquise, what do you think? Of yeah. That? I mean, you know, listen, as, as your resident Libra Leo Leo, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He just Googled uh, his chart. Okay, go yes, ahead. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it is funny. You know, listen, if you're in the dating scene or as people who are in the dating scene, you will eventually come up on somebody who, you know, really wants to see what your co-star is or, you know, mm. and, and then... And it's just, it's funny to me, you know, it's very funny to me. So I think this could be funny because... I think the, you know, outside of looks and everything like that, you're going to get people on this show who are going to say, oh, this person just matches with me perfectly. Oh, my Leo and they're a Sagittarius, whatever it is. And then when they end up hating each other, I think it's just going to be so funny. (laughs) Um, I think the, I think the, the. The, yeah. you know, the comedy aspect of this can be very fun because it's going to crush down. a lot of people's, like, dreams. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't understand I, how this could have happened. I don't right. understand yeah, how like, this could have Yeah, like, they were happened. Libra Libra rising. How on earth could we possibly have not connected? Are you a big into horoscopes, nigga? Well, okay, so the interesting thing is I remember as a child. Okay, so my brother's 13 years older than me. So he was like like dating and all, was talking to my mom about his like girlfriends or whatever. Um like when I was very little and I remember like being like 8 or 9 years old and my mom was like grilling him with questions about some girlfriend or whatever and and she said, what's her sign? Because around that time, so that everyone was talking about this was the 80s, everyone was talking about star sign astrology and mm-hmm. it's funny because this article that we read for this for this thing talked about how astrology has been popular since 2015 or something and i was what? like what are you talking about it's uh, been popular maybe for like decades never heard of a gentleman called walter mercado i also have not heard of You've that not heard walter, <laughs> Who's mercado? Walter, mercado? walter mercado in the latino community was a guy who was around for almost 50 years uh-huh. And he uh, was a gentleman who, I don't know what his official sexual identity was, uh, but I believe uh, he was a gay gentleman who uh, dressed up in very... He was on the news every night doing horoscopes. Oh, that's hilarious. And he had these fantastic robes. In the Latin community, he was like, like the big biggest deal. star in the world. Wow. 
wow, okay. Yeah. So I. It's been huge since the 60s for the, Latino communities. Among the Iranian Americans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was not very popular. But I just remember that my mom had like bought this book and it was like dumb. I mean, it was just like, and you, you'd re- look up your birthday in this book or whatever. Yeah. And so my mom would be like, what's your girlfriend's thing? And she would look it up and they would, she would like have a little chat with my brother about it and whatever. And I remember thinking as a child, by the time I'm an adult, this is, fad is going to pass. <laughs> and oh, I wow. remember thinking that literally. I was like eight or nine, and I'm like, this is kind of dumb. It's going to pass. My, I don't, I think it's fun. Like, I don't put yeah. very much into it. I don't really read my horoscope. Sometimes people will mention a horoscope and then it'll remind me, oh, I'm just going to go read mine for today because it's yeah. fun and funny. Yeah. But I also immediately forget what it says. Like, yeah. I don't remember my moon or my thing or my whatever. Like, I'm barely, my mom is super vague on my birth time, which is a big deal and mm-hmm. uh, putting your chart together. So anyways. Um, I, think, I, because... I think I'm a Scorpio and maybe pre-diabetic. So I'm not sure. <laughs> there you go. How, how it <laughs> fully works. That's your, that's your um, earth. The pre-diabetic yeah, yeah. Earth. Uh, All right, let's <laughs> let's shift gears entirely and um, talk about lawns because one of our listeners, Eric on Instagram, hey Eric, asked me if we would talk about the modern lawn and like I've heard rumble about lawns not being great on a sustainability level, and I read a couple of pieces about it and basically yes, um, a lot of the reading indicates that lawns are just terrible. They're like net negatives for the environment. Wait a minute, are you are you mm-hmm. saying lawns as in grass? Yes, lawns. Oh, okay. Yes. yes, that's what I thought. Okay. I didn't know, like, people, like, there was controversy around lawns. You didn't know. Now you know there's controversy around lawns. Um, they're not native or make sense in most settings. Mm. And Especially on the West Coast is my understanding. Oh, like in California, P.S. it's supposed to be a desert. Grew like, up in Palm Springs yeah. where everyone had manicured lawns and then watched over the years as everyone realized we were in a desert and started like tr- slowly transitioning those lawns that were sucking up all of the water reserves um, into desert landscaping, which is mm-hmm. now you'll see so much more desert. You've probably seen this in LA, Jakey. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I uh, but I wanted to talk about it because what's really interesting to me is there's something about lawns that speaks to the American imagination of itself, like. What is America, right? And why are we so committed to lawns, even though now for a long time we've known that they're a net negative for the environment? Interesting. I, and also, I guess... you didn't know that they were a negative for the environment. No. Why isn't that story taking hold and like dripping its way down to people like you who maybe don't even think about lawns ever? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I know. don't. I don't. I don't think about lawns ever. You know, I is is where I so I grew up in Chicago. And the lawn was, and I grew, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, and the lawn was, you know, a, a big deal. Everybody had a, not everybody, but if you had a home, you had a lawn, playing in the lawn, playing in the backyard, cutting, mowing the grass. I love mowing the grass. It's like therapeutic. It's, it's a, it's a yes. very therapeutic thing. Uh, I don't like raking, but I love like pushing the lawn more. Like I think it's so fun. It's so cool. Also. Uh, you know, Miss Hurley down the street will whoop your ass if you ever stepped on her lawn. Uh, she would, she would, she would yell at all the kids, "Get off my lawn!" Uh, I remember I was learning how to ride my bike. I accidentally fell and fell on her lawn and thought that was the end of my life. Uh, so you know, listen, I get the lawn thing. I get loving lawns, but 
I guess now living on the West Coast where we have a water drought and people can't, you know, water their lawns or have certain times and everybody's like, you know, you're wasting water. I guess I get why it can be, you know, a negative thing, but I'm going to be real with you, man. You do I think, think it's beautiful. I think I think everybody, I think everybody is is do one. And what I mean by that is <laughs> everybody's do one thing that they could just say, you know what? I just don't give a fuck. And and I think right, if the okay, lawn okay. I think if having a nice lawn is your, you know what? This may not be good. But I just but want I a nice it. fucking okay. lawn. I think I'm not gonna be mad at you for that. <laughs> so you look at the lawn the same way you look at like the McRib. You're like, you know what? I know it's bad for me, but come yeah. on, what do I have? Don't I deserve some right. nice it's not like enjoyment I'm doing in life? Over yeah. Here. So okay, Harry, this is this is we read a piece about this in L'Observateur yeah. um, about the modern lawn. I thought it was a really great piece. Also talked about the therapeutic element of mowing. Apparently, that's a big deal. You know, sure. the, the, yeah. the therapy aspect of it. But this is what the piece said. It said each square foot represents millions of acres of unnatural monocrops of non-native grasses forced into submission in a climate that naturally supports Jesus trees, shrubs, Christ. vines, grasses, and other flowering. <laughs> plants that provide shelter, food, nesting sites, and more for native wildlife. We're just not meant to do lawns, Harry. No, but we're also not meant to have houses then either with, from that aspect of it. You know, like, it, 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 I mean, we're infringing we're on nature. We're supposed to be like, have, like yeah, we're supposed to have like huts or I something. I guess, right, yeah. Right, in right, theory. Right, right. I think with the lawn thing is sort of like, for a lot of people, this is my last, this is all I have left in the sense of like, this is the one nice thing I can control you know, in a country where the economy isn't always great and it's always tough, you're like, at least I can have this nice, clean-cut lawn. It's my lawn. It's the one thing of dignity that I have that I could... And, and also, for men love, uh, love equipment, love doing equipment. Yeah, so even if do. you're not skilled at something, it gives you, like, a purpose. You're like, oh, I got this lawnmower, yeah, yeah, I got yeah, this yeah. edger, I exactly. got this Exactly. There's the something thing. about... There's a ritual to it, there's yeah. an, there, The essence of masculinity is embedded in every lawn that sure. you see in yeah. America. And the essence of, like, <laughs> I'm saying a bunch of crazy things, manifest destiny of, like, the America's vision of its vastness is, like, represented by every lawn we see Sure, <laughs> yeah. I mean, country. it's just, it's your it little piece yes. how you decorate it how yes, you whatever exactly yeah. well yeah. folks let me know what is your position on the lawn and do you know that they environmentally are not fucking cool okay i did not know that by <laughs> yes. the way until today it's yeah. there thank you to eric for like bringing this up and uh and i'm so curious to know lawn owners i don't have a, you know i'm a i'm a balcony you're a balcony uh, person, person? Oh. um but lawn owners if you have a lawn are you going to rethink it? Hit me up. All right. Before we move on, I just want to go ahead and shout out our Apple Podcast reviews. Ooh. You guys have been so nice. nice. Um, Realer75 gave us five stars. Great political fun. I, and, uh, sorry. And then there were some emojis that didn't paste properly oh. onto <laughs> my document, so I can't read them. But great political emojis. fun is so awesome. Thank you so much. Zach5 gave us five stars. Palatable politics, they write. This is my podcast that calms me down. Nagin is such a ball of optimism that I need in my life. Ah, I'm so flattered. Um, and then Erwin, oh, uh, with a 
I'm probably saying that wrong. Five stars vibes on the engagement episode, which is a few episodes back. This episode was so lively and had me uh, rolling at work. Just wanted to say thanks for such an energetic and hilarious show. Smiley face. Folks, these reviews really help people find the show. So thank you so, so, so much for posting them and keep them coming. If you have a moment to just uh, hop over to Apple Podcasts and write a quick review, it really helps people find the show. Folks, that is the end of the show. Man, this was a fun, fun hour with you guys. Um, I would love for the people of Fake Nation to be able to follow you and all of the wonderful things that you do. Jaquise, where do they do that? Uh, you know, you can you can follow me on Instagram at Jaquise Neal. Um, and yeah, my website, JaquiseNeal.com. Also, I, I host a show in L.A. If you're ever in L.A., uh, Nikki and I got to get you on this show. Uh, oh next time yes, you're in LA, please. I host a live version of Family Feud with top comedians. It's always a good ass time uh, at the Elysian Theater. So come check that out if you're ever in Los Angeles. And uh, also, I got to say this before I forget uh, I was watching a movie, mm. and it was to my very delight. Uh, to see your familiar face pop up on Not Okay, which I thought you were fantastic in. So just wanted to say that to you. Yeah, it was a great movie. You were great in it. Oh, Uh, my God. Thank you. Loved it. Yes, listeners have heard me promote Not Okay on this very podcast. And and if you haven't seen it, I actually, like, I know I'm in it, so it's weird to talk about it. But, like, I do think it's a fun movie. Like, it's a a good time. But more than that, Everything that Jackie said about what he's doing, please do those things, especially if you're in L.A. Um, I've I've heard tell of your live show. Uh, it is. Yeah. I'm excited to one day do it, be in the audience yeah. for it, because I heard it is so fun. Harry, where do people find you? Well, I'm all over all the uh, social media platforms at Harry Turjanian. And, uh, of course, the podcast I do, Man School 202, with my uh, with my co-host Dante Nero. Uh, it's a sex and life advice podcast, uh, mostly for men, but it's for everybody. It's about making men better uh, for themselves and for society. So Man School 202, uh, check that out on all your platforms. Probably YouTube is my favorite one to check it out on. Folks, I mean, and the other thing that Harry didn't mention is you should see him live if you ever have the opportunity because he's so great. Um, so absolutely follow both of these guys. Check out all of their work. Um, you know, subscribe to the uh, Man School 202 podcast. Uh, do all that. And you know where to find me and all the things that I do. And folks, I just posted something about Iran on uh, Instagram. Um, so if you want to know what's going on with Iran, um, the situation continues to be a revolution. And um, on the backs of women and minors who are really being targeted by the regime, brutally targeted. Um, so uh, if you want to hear a little bit more about that, you can do that on my Instagram. I would love if you would share stuff about Iran because the way these revolutions are kept afloat is if there's international attention on them. Um, so uh, so, so thanks for everyone who, who's, who've already been doing that. Um, and if you need more fodder, again, go to my Instagram. Um, and don't forget, you can see 
see me in Dallas and in Austin with the Wait Wait Don't Tell Me stand-up tour. And you can see me with the Wait Wait Don't Tell Me regular taping um, here in New York City at Carnegie Hall on December 8th. So um, get tickets for that if you're uh, in New York City. And I want to thank everyone that makes this show a possibility. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire, our fantastic audio engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Uh, thanks to Emma Foley here at the studio. Thanks to everyone at HeadGum for making this show a possibility. Our theme music was written by Gabby Alter. And uh, hit us up on, uh, you can email me through my website, nagimfarsad.com. You can uh, DM me on all of the things. I love your ideas. Keep them coming. Don't forget your, to post a review about the show on Apple Podcasts. And we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>